Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining Satsanga Bhagavad Gita. Uh, let's uh, get in on the chanting and and see where Krishna and Arjuna's conversation is going today. We're still working through the second chapter, but we're coming in towards the home stretch of chapter two, the chapter on Sankhya Yoga. Right, we're in the early stages of Krishna's discussion, uh, explanation of what is yoga. Uh, last week we had three definitions of yoga, two from chapter two and one bonus extra definition taken from chapter six. And uh, now we're gonna continue the discussion. Uh, what is yoga? What does a yogi look like? What is a wise person, a person established in wisdom? How do they act? Om Tat Sat Om Shri Gurave Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Gurave Namaha Om Shri Saraswatiye Namaha Om Vande Guru Nam Charanaravinde Sandarishita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Nishreyase Jangarikaya Mane Samsara Hala Hala Moha Shantye Abahu Purushakaram Shankachakrasi Dharinam Sahasra Shirasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalam Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahi Mahishaha Go Brahmanebhyaha Shubamastu Nityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukhino Bhavantu Om Shanti 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 Om Namo Brahma Vidyo Brahma Vidya Sampradaya Kartribyo Namo Vamsharishibyo Namo Mahadbyo Namo Gurubya Sarvo Paplavarahita Pragnana Gana Pratigarto Brahmahamasmi Om Tat Sat Krishna Ashtakam Karishe Om Vasudeva Sutam Devam Kamsachanura Mardanam Devaki Paramanandam Krishnam Vande Jagat Gurum Atasi Pushpasankasham Haranu Purushobitam Ratnakankanakeuram 
कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गुतिलाकसैन्युक्त पूर्णचंद्र निभाननम विलसत्कुंडलधरम कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गु मंदारगंधसैन्युक्त चारुहासम चतुर्भुज बाड़ीपिछावचूडांगं कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गु उत्पल्लपद्मक्ष नीलजीमुत्तसिभवाशिरोरत्न कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गु रुक्मीखेलिसैन्युक्त पीतांबरशुशोभित अवाप्तुसी गंधम कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गु गोपिकाचंद्व कुंकुमाकितवक्षसनिकेत महेश्वास कृष्ण वंदे जगद्गु श्रीवत्साघमोरस्क वनमलाजित शंखचक्रधर देव कृष्णम वंदे जगद्गु कृष्णाष्टकदुण्यम यठेत प्रातरुत्था यठे कॉटिजन्मतमेवनश्यति ओ Sankhya Yoga, Sankhya Yoga. Ah, we're on number fifty-one. One moment. So we just had our second definition of yoga: skill and action. Ah. Uh, So let's recite verse fifty-one. Karma jam buddhi yuktahi palam tyakva manishina ha janma bandha vinir mukta ha padam gacchanti anamayam karma jam buddhi yuktahi. फलम त्यक्वा मनीषिना जन्म बंध विर्मुक्ता फलम गनामय पर्फॉर्मिंग एक्टिविटीज विथ एक्विनिमिटी ऑफ माइंड लिविंग असाइड द कंसर्न फॉर द रिजल्ट wise people are liberated from the delusions of life and go beyond the realm of impurities uh 
sort of self-explanatory. If we have equanimity of mind uh, and we're able to stay focused on the process rather than the result of the process, uh, then, then we're expressing some wisdom. So wise people, right, from that uh, we, we get liberated. Uh, liberated from, from what? Liberated from the delusions of life. Janma Bandha is the term. Janma is life. Bandha is the bondage. And this is similar to samsara hala hala moha shantye. Right? We want the, the shanti or we want the liberation from the confusion of being uh, kind of overwhelmed with or overpowered by the by life, the janma, our birth, the things that we have to do in this world. Um, one thing that's uh, noteworthy uh, for contemplation is, um, you know, as a as a normal person, as normal people, like we are, we're not monks, we're not yogis, cave yogis, uh, we're normal people, we're working and trying to survive and trying to uh, secure our, our, uh, you know, our stability. We want to, we need security in life, right? We need security in our income and in our housing and these kinds of things. And if we don't focus on the results, then, I mean, isn't, isn't that a valid question? Like, how does that make sense? How do we apply that? It's one thing maybe to think of it as like on the yoga mat. Um, that's hard enough, right? That we, we have some ambition on the yoga mat, but we want to focus on the process, not the results, is what, what we're being asked to consider. So how do we accomplish anything if we're not focused on the results? Or how do we ensure that we have stability and security in our uh, in our basic needs that we we have to have for life. It's one thing if we're a monk, right? Then it's a vow and a lifestyle, and you take it on as a project and a, and a challenge. Uh, Any thoughts? Huh? Okay, let's go to the next one and we'll see if anything comes to mind for anybody and before we talk about it too much. Uh, we'll recite this one and go straight into reciting the next one. Karma jambu di yuktahi, palam tyaktva manishinaha, janma bandavi nirmuktaha, param gachanti anamayam. Yadate moha kalilam, buddhir vyati tarishyati. Tadagantasi nirvedam 
Shrotavasya Shrutasya Cha Yadate Moha Kalilam Budirvyati Tarishyati Tadagantasi Nirvedam Shrotavasya Shrotavyasya Shrutasya Cha When our understanding transcends the taint of delusion, we become unimpressed or indifferent to that which is heard uh, or yet to be heard. Uh, heard. Things that are heard is uh, a reference to thing you hear about the iPhone 12 coming out, right? Uh, these kinds of things. You hear about uh, all kinds of things. And it arouses our, our desire. Uh, but if we've transcended the taint of delusion, the taint of delusion, right? so this delusion that comes from the janma, the natural thing, like if you look in the world, right, most people, their, their mind doesn't think beyond the, the obvious, beyond the immediate uh, tangible requirements and tangible things to satisfy their sense pleasures. Um, and like in the in the opening mantra, samsara hala hala moha shantye, we're talking about how do we get beyond, how do we get to the shanti when there's so much demands put on us in life that we, we our minds get carried away uh, and we, we lose track of, of ourself. Mm, yeah, let's do one more. Uh, same thing, we'll recite this one and then go straight into the next one. Yadate moha kalilam buddhirvyati tarishyati tadagantasi nirvedam shrotavyasya shrutasya cha shrutivi pratipannate yadasthasyati nishchala Samadhao achala buddhihi tadayogyam avapsyasi shrutivi pratipannate yadasthasyati nishchala samadhao achala buddhihi Tada yogam avapsyasi. When your mind being thrown an onslaught of conflicting views and opinions and information. Sound familiar? <laughs> Remains firmly without movement. The mind is unmovingly pure in its attention. Then yoga is achieved. 
then yoga is achieved. Because we had in, in 248, the first definition of yoga it is uh, whether we're succeeding, siddhi, or, or failing, asiddhi. We have uh, sama bhutva, our mind becomes even, our mind remains even. Right? While it's remaining even in success and failure. If we're being praised by our, our peers, or we're being uh, talked poorly behind our backs or to our face, criticized. You, your, your mother dresses you funny, right? Uh, and then our mind goes up and down. So this ability to keep the mind unmoved right, is so unmoved, as he's saying here in 253, uh, that's the sama, the, the mind be remaining equal. Like we do some of Ritti breathing, uh, inhale, exhale, having the same quality to it, some of Ritti. Uh, uh, breath after breath, we try to maintain an evenness as much as possible because the concentration of the mind to maintain that uh, requires a steadiness, which uh, correlates with that kind of equanimity but also the mood of creating that, right? If you're gonna put a, a certain mood into the mu music you're playing, or you're putting a certain feeling into uh, your painting, and you put some emotion behind it, right? It's the same with when you're breathing, there's, there's uh, a quality of feeling and emotion, feeling of your, from your being, from your soul, that's being applied and infused into the quality of the breath, which is creating a sound. So if we concentrate to keep the sound steady, then it, it has reverse feedback effect to get us to be more steady internally in ourselves. Uh, and here we have this idea you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on in the world. The news, you have uh, Fox News and what's the other one? Uh, uh, CNN, is that right? Yeah. So conflicting views and uh, in intentional disinformation <laughs> to, to confuse us. But if we're, uh, we focus on trying to keep our minds uh, steady, trying to not be swayed, uh, realize that it's all just somebody shaking the jar, right? And so there's, there's that uh, science experiment where they put red ants and black ants into the, a jar and the ants get along fine until you shake the jar. And then the ants start attacking each other because the confusion of the instability that arises from the instability of the jar being shaken gets everybody on edge um, and the yoga is to not allow the what's happening around us to cause us to get on edge that we can remain firmly without movement without movement refer referring to the mind uh, 
And and then he uses Krishna uses the word samadhi, samadhi, unmovingly in samadhi. So samadhi is a kind of unmovement, but it's also it's a, it's a purity of attention. Because you can have, uh, you know, a low, a low level of understanding of life. You know, somebody like that, maybe. But they're very stable. It's very difficult to move them, to change their opinion, to change their direction, to change the way they view things, the way they uh, approach you, the way they... Um, treat and, and handle handle things. It doesn't mean just because they're stable doesn't mean they have wisdom or clarity. Uh, so but samadhi is is the is this kind of depth and strength of stability, but it also has a purity to it. A purity in the sense that it's clear like a jewel. And so the our memory, or our habits, our mental habits, our mental constructs and views that we've uh, invested ourselves emotionally into and identified ourselves with, they're not causing, uh, they're not tainting our, our perception, our attention. So that's the basis of this uh, fancy or kind of long drawn out translation, interpolation of samadhi, pure in its intention, in its attention. Because one of the things that qualifies samadhis is that there's a, a disengagement with our, um, with our baggage with our smriti, our memory. We purify the way our, the memory is affecting us in the moment while we're in that state of purity. The memory is not overriding. Um, which means like our preferences, our aversions. We, we have an investment in liking certain things uh, or identifying with certain groups of people, like I'm an American and they're Chinese, or uh, I'm, a, you know, I I identify myself as not being identified, right, with with uh, the normal things to identify with. So that's, you know, I just disguise my identity as I try to disguise it as a lack of identity, but really it's just a different kind of identity right uh, so that, that's my story that's my, one of my pieces of baggage uh, that'll influence and uh, color the way I, the way I understand what I'm looking at or the way I understand what I'm listening to the information somebody's telling me but it gets influenced by the identity, the way I think of myself, the things that I'm attached to about who I think I am. So this purity to, to disengage from that 
which is really, um, it sounds maybe like kind of a, like a vague thing, like, well, how do you do that? Like, how do you quit, like, letting your, your, your tendencies, your, your the investments in, in certain ideas, how do you keep them from coloring? And you practice by paying attention. Pay attention to what you're paying attention to more and more and more. And it, you can notice if you watch carefully when you're listening to something, how the mind has, has a layer of its own, it has its own newsreel playing like, uh, like the sportscaster is giving an, uh, or he describing what's being watched. And so the, what, what the sportscaster is, is expressing is just the sportscaster's view and opinion of what's being watched. So it's only an, it's a narrow slice of what's actually happening. So if you watch yourself when you're listening to somebody talk or when you're watching the sunset or whatever it is, the, to be able to perceive that you have this, um, what's that called, the, you know, that, that uh, narration going on about what you're listening to, what it means, uh, what the person is saying, what it means, you have that narration. Uh, or when you're watching things, you have a narration going on. Um, even if it's, you might still be focused on, the narration might not be a deviation from the subject at hand. Right? But it's still coloring, right? So samadhi, right, is you pay attention more and more and more to what your, the, the sense data that's coming in have you ever noticed like sometimes when you're sometimes the the senses become really vibrant when you're really present right the mind is the mind is subdued it's superimposition and and things become more vibrant more electric more alive when that happens uh so that's what we should be doing <laughs> when we're doing yoga. Uh, at the same time, trying to navigate and figure out what the, what the heck, how, we're, how to do things. Um, so so this, is, this is Samadhi. When, um, why is he talking about this? Right, he's giving more explanation. Krishna is giving us more explanation uh, stemming from his two definitions of yoga. Right, so he's, he's further elaborating upon what is equanimity of mind and, uh, and he's using this term, right, samadhi, uh, being unmoved, established in, your, in samadhi. Right, some, in some circles in yoga, samadhi is is viewed as a goal and more like in the Patanjali the Raja Yoga Samadhi is just one uh, one experience one state it's a tool that helps us 
cultivate and purify our being on an overall kind of uh, systemic level. Um, to the point where, you know, if we become, if we purify ourselves enough, having this experience, like when we consciously come into samadhi and it starts to change the way we function on an on a ordinary level, right? The ordinary level starts to increase and, and the samadhi-like quality of our ordinary level starts to increase. Right, as we, we become more clear when we're doing ordinary things in ordinary consciousness not just only while we're sitting if we can only be clear like a jewel and, and not uh, let our baggage affect us or taint our perception only when we're meditating but then we, it, it's not affecting us the rest of the time then it has very little value other than just like a kind of a, a self-care thing, you know, to get a break away from the mayhem. But if it affects us uh, more systemically, so that when we're out in the mayhem, the mayhem affects us less. And that's what he's saying. Um, which one? We become less, less uh, impressed by things. Uh, it's coming up, not yet. Okay. Uh, so we're on 53, right? So uh, we recite 53 and then go to 54. Shruti vi pratipannate yadastasyati nishchala samadhau achala buddhihi Tadayogam avapsyasi Arjuna uvacha Stiti pragnyasya kabhasha Samadhistasya keshava Stitadih kim prabhasheta Kim Asita Vrajeta Kim Stita Pragnasya Kabasha Samadhi Stasya Keshava Stita Di Kim Prabasheta Kim Asita Vrajeta Kim Arjuna Uvacha. Arjuna asks Krishna, He who is established in wisdom and has the attentive power of samadhi, how does such a one speak? How does he sit? How does he walk? Right, so, so Arjuna is interested in the ordinary things. How do you... How do you not just the, the sitting and meditating or the getting on your yoga mat and doing uh, intermediate series. But, but how does, when they're established in wisdom, how does this person speak? In what way do they carry themselves in life? How does he speak? How does he sit? 
And how does he walk? So I don't think, doesn't mean like literally, like how does he speak? Does he use good grammar or bad grammar? How does he sit? Uh, does he always sit straight or does he ever slouch? Uh, how does he walk? Does he walk with a limp? Does he walk fast or slow? But it's uh, not specifics in that way, but but a way to indicate like, what is the mannerism? How do I recognize how a, a person established in wisdom uh, behaves? So how do I how do I recognize a, a wise person, somebody established in wisdom? And if I want to cultivate my own wisdom, I want to understand the, an example. I want to see an example of what it looks like to express wisdom in life, in ordinary life, as much as possible, with as much clarity and depth of understanding as possible. Because just like any other thing that we're going to learn in life, the better example we have, the the better it helps us to embody it ourselves. Right? Music, art, mathematics, science. Right? They're learning these things, these arts, these sciences, all these different things is greatly facilitated by, by having a good teacher or a good example. So Arjuna is asking Krishna to please give me an example of this person. So you've told me uh, all this theory so far from 48 up to 53 is all theory. They're, they're equanimous. Uh, they don't get um, swayed by uh, hearing about tantalizing things. Their mind is indifferent. Uh, and, uh, but these are, these are all theory. I need an example, Krishna. You got to give me something more concrete because just theory alone, I, I don't know how to, I don't know what it looks like when you apply it. So that, that's Arjuna's little plea here. Uh, the better, the better the examples, uh, the more the theory can come to life. Uh, and I love that he's using the word samadhi again. Uh, so in the Hatha Yoga tradition, samadhi is considered the goal. From uh, Maha Buddhism yoga perspective, samadhi and and is just a state, right? It's not considered uh, liberation. Because you go into samadhi, but it's temporary. You don't stay in that state. So how can it be considered liberation? It's not permanent. So becoming established in wisdom, that is a different type of, uh, different way of looking at what's going to help us. Right? To be skillful at samadhi, you know, to be able to sit down and, and become absorbed in your yoga practice 
to be skillful at that. It's useful because then you can, you can get away from things. Uh, but the cultivation of wisdom, to become established in wisdom, helps us so that we don't feel like we need to get away from things because then we don't suffer so much. Uh, so we're able to uh, handle situations and then be more useful to help other people. Right? For, so we learn how to keep our own faculties stable in stressful situations like the airplane crash. So we can put our own mask on, oxygen mask. And then, uh, then we can help the, the people next to us. If we can keep our, head, our heads on level. Even I think just to put your own oxygen mask on is probably requires... <laughs> I can imagine lots of people <laughs> getting, getting frazzled as soon as uh, there's a need <laughs> for the oxygen mask to drop from the ceiling, right? And then <laughs> hopefully you, you hope if that ever happens that you don't get so frazzled that you can't even figure out how to, how to put the oxygen mask on, right? So equanimity is very useful. It's not just, um, you know, some fancy idea that the yogis came up with to try to prove like, oh, I look out, I'm so equanimous, I'm, <laughs> I'm better than you. It actually increases our capacity. It increases our capacity to function, uh, to function more efficiently, to, and to be able to look at things with broader, with broader perspective and more, more clarity uh, so that we don't need to be the ones that, we don't end up being the ones that need help but we're, we become ones that are able to help other people because of that. Um, and that's like, you know, that's the ultimate karma yoga, right? Then we can, we can be of service rather than being of need, in need. Not to say it's horrible if you need some help. Uh, we all need some help. And even people who... Uh, maybe are more established in wisdom than, than us ordinary little, you know, beginners. Uh, they, they also still look for people who are more established in wisdom than them to help them to uh, and continue growing and improving. Okay, we'll recite and then we'll check out the next verse. Uh, oh, so from here to the end of the chapter, this is going to be Krishna's description and uh, I haven't read too far in advance. So uh, we have just a couple more verses to go and then we're a little bit out of uh, uh, preparation. Um, but the rest of the, hopefully, it's uh, 
we get some good insights that give us some help us get traction on on dealing with our our uh, with things that that we're trying to overcome things that hold us back Arjuna uvacha stitta prajnasya ka bhasha samadhi stasya keshava stitta dikkim prabhaseta kim asita prajeta kim shri bhagavan uvacha Prajahati yada kaman Sarvan partha manogatan Atmani eva atmana tushtaha Stitta pragnas tadochate Prajahati yada kaman Sarvan Partha Manogatan Atmani Eva Atmana Tushtaha Stita Pragnas Tadochate Prajahati Yadakaman Sarvan Partha Manogatan Atmani eva atmana tushtaha stitta pragnas tadochate. Sorry, I got the, the rhythm wrong the first two times we did this first half here at the second line. Shri Krishna says, Shri Bhagavan Uvacha. When a person gives up all desires of the mind, the heart-mind, and is satisfied in the self by the self, atmani eva atmana, satisfied in the self by the self, then he is said to be established in wisdom. So this person is satisfied Not from from externals, but from his own internal nature. Atman. Atmani in the Atman. Atmana Atmana by the Atman. Eva only. Atmani Eva Atmana. In the Atman only with the Atman. Tushtaha is a uh, this the same root for tushta as um, santosha. It's just santosha has the prefix sam, santushtaha. So this contentness, this satisfaction. In other words, you don't need. You're not feeling a sense of lack, right? That's what contentment is, right? You feel. And content when you're content, your energy is can come to rest because it doesn't feel like it needs something to settle it down or to fill up an empty emptiness. So this person is settled. Uh, 
What's this word? Oh, tada, uchate is called. Right? Tada, uchate. Common, uh, kama is one of the the six uh, Ar- Arishadvarga, one of the six spiritual enem- enemies that uh, Guruji liked to refer to. The six spiritual poisons. Uh, and there's, there's a verse coming up, and I don't know which number it is, but uh, it's in the second chapter. Uh, and Krishna gives us a chain of events that starts with kama. It starts with kama. Oh, when your mind... Kama is when you, you're... You don't feel satisfied. So you're looking for that satisfaction out externally. So if you feel compelled to eat ice cream, right, that compulsion is uh, inspired by a feeling that you're not settled, you're not, or you're not complete or whole. So you can't control yourself the urge to eat the ice cream no matter how much you tell yourself it's not probably a wise thing to do I'm going to get pimples and I'm not going to be able to sleep uh, or I'm going to get fat or whatever reason you know um, or it's going to increase my already high cholesterol or whatever you know um, but, but the urge is too strong and the pain to resist the urge is uh, too uncomfortable for you. Um, common, comma. Right? That's the compulsion you're, you're looking to f- try to uh, get your system back into balance, get your, your spiritual sense of self back into a greater state of balance. I didn't, and because you don't, you have a disconnect with yourself. Uh, we have so many different compulsions, right? Raise your hand if you don't have any compulsions. Okay, nobody raised their hands, or you didn't understand the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, the most satisfying thing, right, is to be self-satisfied. Somebody who, who's, they don't care what you think about them. <laughs> if only I didn't care what people thought about me, I'd be so much happier. <laughs> uh, right? If I was in touch with the warmth of my own fire, Fire is warm. It doesn't need to seek warmth. Right? Then, then you know it's already you're already warm, uh, and you, you quit looking for anything. Uh, and then, because you don't need anything, uh, like some people think, oh, you don't need anything. Like then, then. Uh, Maybe you'll leave me because you don't need me. <laughs> uh, they, they, they want the 
you know, that attachment that you need the other person in your life. Um, but really, you know, if we, if we look, when we, when we come into situations and we, we need something from it, it's, the situation is so, uh, there's so many undercurrents and so there's such a lack of straightforwardness in our communication and our behavior. The more undercurrents we have, the more neediness uh, or attachments we have to, to certain things. But, but if, if you truly feel you don't need anything, then, then that person is actually the best person to be with because they have more capacity to give because they're not, they're not looking to get from you. They're, they're just there to be able to be of service. Uh, so kama, kama is that, that desire, right? That causes us to twist our presentation, right? Because we're, we're want, we need something. We're craving something. We're scheming to get something. We have a comma. We have a desire, right? That that we think is going to help us feel happier. We go to our boss uh, because we want a raise or a promotion, or we talk to um, the people at school, uh, the the dean or our professors because uh, we want better grades and uh, all these these undertones uh, right so we that all the undertones that we bring with us to the interactions create uh, more of a facade that we present to the other person and a lot of times actually you know we don't we're putting the facade on even to ourselves we don't even see what we're doing right in fact most of the time uh, I mean, we don't, we don't see like really what's motivating us is that sense that, you know, if we could just be still, be self-confident in ourselves and comfortable and still in ourselves. And a lot of these feelings of needing something, needing to scheme, needing to try to get something out of somebody would naturally dissipate and settle or evaporate, you know, like the water on the sidewalk when the, the sidewalk is warm. If we get that warmth to dry up those uh, false desires. Chant. Prajahati Yadakaman Sarvan Parta Manogatan Atmani Eva Atmana Tushtaha Stita Pragnastadochate Dukeshu Anudvitnamanat Ah, let me practice this word, hold on. <laughs> This word's too long. Anudvig namanaha. Anudvig namanaha. Dukeshu. Anudvig namanaha. Sukeshu. 
विगतस प्रहा प्रहा सुकेशु विगतस प्रहा ओके फ्रॉम द बिगिनिंग दुकेशु अनुद्विक नमनहा सुकेशु विगतस प्रहा वीतराग बायक्रोधा स्थितदीर मुनि उच्चते दुकेशु अनुद्विक नमनहा सुकेशु विगतस प्रहा वीतराग बायक्रोधा स्थितदीर मुनि उच्चते One who is not bothered by adversity nor craves after pleasures, pleasantness. One who is free from fondness, fear, and anger, is said to be a sage established in wisdom. Uh, this word that I couldn't say. Is the not being bothered by adversity? Uh, uh, actually, is the not being bothered? Dukkha is the adversity in in uh, tumultuous or adverse situations when we don't get bothered. Or conversely, in vigatas uh, praha, we don't uh, seek after, we don't hanker. After pleasantness, right? If we have this, atmani eva atmana tushtaha, right? We're content in the atman by the atman only. Then, uh, what's the big deal? So it's uncomfortable. My legs are hurting. I'm in lotus for so long. My legs are hurting. What's the big deal? So it's one of the the really important uh, opportunities in yoga, in the on the as in the asana level, right? Is dealing with uh, discomfort. Uh, you get into Marichasana C when you're a beginner, right? And, I can't breathe, right? I can't breathe, right? And uh, you can't breathe because you have a there's a clinging to trying to be able to breathe without the pressure. And because you're not used to the pressure, you don't know how to relax into the pressure that's created on your diaphragm and your heart from binding chasana C or or D. Right? Then the the resistance to not having the looseness in your breathing, you resist it right? mentally. You stress out. Uh, We have an opportunity, right, to learn how not to react that way and to allow ourselves to find the comfort in the little bit of breath, right? Be grateful for the little bit of breath that your lungs are still able to to access, right? And just be content with that little bit. Don't don't panic. Don't resist. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities when we do asanas, backbending, of course, right? Uh, maybe not for Genevieve. I've seen her backbends are pretty easy, but then she gets 
she has to deal with being afraid, right, of standing up or dropping back and doing the drop backs. Uh, I don't think so much when doing kapotasana. But so many of us, we struggle with kapotasana and it's kind of like, you know, we're afraid because of how hard it is, right? We're not afraid of like falling back, but we're afraid of the work and the effort and the discomfort of trying to, uh, the body's like not gonna breathe easily naturally we're gonna because we're under so much stress uh and and just the anticipation as soon as we get to down dog before we jump to our knees to do couple tossing already the 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 trepidation is building up <laughs> uh learning how to manage ourselves under all these different uh adverse conditions uh in gives us a tremendously greater capacity to be present in life, right? Because when the adversities, the discomforts, the dukkha, the dukkeshu, the, all the different types of adverse, uncomfortable situations we find ourselves in, the dukkeshu, that's a plural, uh, locative. So we find ourselves in so many different uncomfortable situations right? all the time. Uh, all throughout the day, not just on the yoga mat. But in the yoga mat, where it's a controlled environment. It's, a, it's the Petri dish, right? We get to, to practice in a safe, controlled environment dealing with our reaction to adversity. Uh, and, and that helps us to be more clear-headed, and, uh, more patient. Uh, people do things to us that, that we normally wouldn't like, but... Uh, we find all of a sudden like, eh, what's the big deal, right? It's not, not as big of a deal as it used to be. Like the two-year-old, when he drops his lollipop in the sand, <laughs> oh my, my lollipop, right? Uh, but then when they're, when they're, you know, eight years old, they drop their lollipop in the sand, it's like, eh, what's the big deal? I'll just go ask mom for another one. No big deal. Uh... So the, there's a maturation, right? Uh, the mind's ability to be, be less uh, concerned about things. Um, we see in our yoga practice, right? We, we learn how to relax. We focus, right? Because we're instructed to keep the breathing smooth, free breathing you do, right? Even breathing you do. Keep the, listen to the sound of your breath and make an honest effort, a full-hearted effort to keep the inhale and the exhale as equal as you can muster up the skill and the clarity and the attention to do as you go into these difficult situations. Um, you will see, you, you will make a lot of progress uh, in, in, in your personality, you know, in, the in your own inner stability, your own inner sense of peace becoming more established in your own peace and wisdom. <clears throat> and that's why at the temple, they want us to sit in lotus for such a long time because it's super uncomfortable. And that transformation that we go through as we change the way we relate to the discomfort right, is is foundational 
to making progress spiritually. Not to become otherworldly spiritual, but to be able to function with more effectiveness and clarity. Because, you know, like, if we have... Re people are depending on us, but we're so easily um, deterred by discomfort. Then I don't know if I can depend on you. Like, you, you have such an aversion to things that you don't like. Then I don't want to give you, like, any thing that's too important. I don't want to give you big responsibilities because something will come up and, you know, it'll, it'll detract you from, from staying focused on following through with the, with the responsibility. And so the, these kinds of things, getting more uh, indifferent Un unbothered by by things is so helpful in in life in uh, giving us more capacity to enjoy our experience and be clear and it's kind of you know for a guy it's just another way to sometimes we have not the always the best purest motive but we want to be <clears throat> think of ourselves as being cool. So we want to get Kapotasana, we want to get a handstand, and we want to get our lotus for three hours, and all these different external goals, right? That's, it becomes a kind of comma that way, right? Then when, we're, when our relationship is based like that, then it's this, it's the comma. We're looking to feel better about ourselves. If, if only I could do that pose more easily. If only I could, you know, not, not reveal how hard it is in my breathing so that other people in the yoga room don't realize how much I'm struggling, right? There's all these different uh, possibilities for uh, getting into the wrong, the wrong uh, headspace and having the wrong relationship with why we're doing things. So uh, we had that the question like in the beginning on 251, it was leave aside the concern for the results. Uh, any thoughts on like for our regular people who we're not, we haven't renounced our jobs and our money and uh, things. We still have kids to, to take care of. So, yeah, Tatiana, please. I, I have a pre-question. Yeah, any question is a good question. It's a welcome question. Um, oh, Your sound wisdom, is perfect for us, so. Can wisdom uh, be exchanged for the word grace? It means the same thing when we're talking about wisdom in each, in each section, right? Uh, can you describe what you mean by grace? I don't want to assume a meaning, huh? A peace? Yeah, like a sense of peace, a sense of wealth. Sense of well-being? Satisfaction? Did you say Satisfaction? 
Yeah. Yeah. So in in that sense, I would say yes. Those are those are results of having wisdom. So wisdom is the per, the ability of the mind, you know, to have a a, a relationship that transcends a perspective that is broader, that's not short-sighted. That doesn't cause, um, you know, a short-sightedness that gets you stuck uh, in in dead ends or stuck in things that have, uh, what's it called, a, a side effects, unwanted side effects, you know, like eating the ice cream. It's so good. What's wrong with eating ice cream? Well, because it has unwanted side effects. Um, so the, the grace you're talking about, those are results when you have wisdom, when, when you manifest the wisdom. The wisdom is the, the, the understanding. Yeah. The help? Yeah. Yeah, and so that's part of the the answer to why you don't want to be concerned with results, right? Because cause we want to be happy in life. And we start hankering after results. We start getting disconnected from we're no longer in this... Uh, we're no longer moving towards getting our satisfaction from inside ourselves. We're moving the exact opposite direction. We're moving away from where satisfaction comes from, from the origin of true satisfaction. When we're focused on the results, it's a kind of comma. But, Go ahead. but that still doesn't answer the question like, so how do we take care of ourselves in life if we don't look to the results like I need to get through school and get qualifications so I can get a job so I can get a salary so I can take care of uh, myself and with enough prosperity to, to raise have a family also and you know and to take care of my family and I need promotions so that I I can because my kids are going to grow up and go to college and I'm going to have to pay for college and and she's going to get married and I'm going to have to pay for a wedding and so I, I need you know to focus on the results right to get promotions and to succeed materially in life <laughs> trust in all possibilities trust in all possibilities I love it <laughs> sort of yeah sort of but but it, it's it's more like um, Genevieve. You want to try to jump in? You can say something as ridiculous as you want, or as wise as you want. Your choice. So it's the razor's edge analogy. Right? Walk the spiritual path. So you have to do things. You have to take care of your body. So we have to get involved in things. But 
we have to try to be mindful that we're not getting carried away and, and forgetting that our happiness in life is, comes from inside ultimately or at least that, that's the, the most satisfying type of happiness we can cultivate that the things that we pursue in life they may come they may not come if we invest all our happiness into the res obtaining the results um, then what happens when those things don't come or we get them and then they get taken away from us you know we like you know the US has been on top for for a while but we don't know maybe it's all going to get taken away China's going to come and take over and we're going to be you know the you know, we're not everything's in our control. Uh, our health is like that, right? Our health, everybody has their health taken away. We all end up uh, six feet under. Uh, if our happiness is invested in body beautiful, then then how do we how do we manage ourselves as we age? Tatiana. Performing activities with equanimity of mind is being fine with either result or not happening. Yeah, right. So you try to be healthy, right? You, you want your body to be healthy. Naturally, that beauty will shine through. It will be more that, that comes from inside. Uh, but we don't know. Maybe we have some congenital uh, predisposition that's beyond uh, anything that we're able to do to protect ourselves in, in this lifetime. Uh, maybe, you know, I mean, and ultimately, even if we're able to avoid health, health problems, major health problems, uh, we're still going to die, right? We're still going to get old. And at the end, you know, we lose our faculties and it goes this way, right? Uh, but that doesn't mean so oh just well, I'm going to die anyway so I might as well just be reckless but then you invite um, calamity upon yourself prematurely so it's a it's a it's not an easy thing right to to be involved in the world without the world staining your your the desires in your heart but that's that's the path of the yogi that's what makes the you know the difference between an exceptional person and a, a regular ordinary mediocre person the mediocre person just is happy they don't want to think about these these kinds of things they just want to like you know pursue their their money and their their stock portfolio and eat their ice cream and take their walks and they don't want to think about like what's really underlying what's everlasting so the yogi you know this uh, uh not to say we're better but uh but we're taking more more charge for ourselves that we have more capacity to uh 
participate, to be self-aware of our own joy, our own satisfaction, our own reactions to unpleasant things. Versus just being a victim to our conditioning. Tatiana, please. So why people are migrated from the delusions of love could be false realities, right? He, uh, the, the delusions that aren't true for them or for white people. Uh, sorry, it's it's hard to understand the the clarity of the audio. No. Try one more time. Could be white people are liberated from false realities, from truths that aren't true for them. Uh, <laughs> liberated from I mean ultimately we're trying to get liberated from f- false falsities right the falsities are that we, we invest in things that are impermanent we invest in things that are not dependable like stock market we invest our the meaning of our the purpose of our life is what I'm talking about investing Right? We're investing, like my life has meaning if I, you know, if I'm successful. And then when you lose your success, you lose your status. Like many, many, you know, uh, people, they get up high and not everybody stays. You know, it happens to kings, they get overthrown. It happens to, to fighters, you know, sports people. They, they reach their peak early in life and then... Uh, you know, all these things are impermanent. And if we're investing the purpose of our life in these things, uh, then where there's going to be something we have to figure out how to reconcile uh, in order to avoid becoming depressed later. So, yeah, I think sometimes when when we talk about what's true for for me right is is not necessarily uh i mean in a way you know we have to go through like being uh three years old before we can be five years old before we can be 12 years old before we can be you know 25 we have to go through all these stages so on one hand, what's true for me is to be at the level where I'm at. I have these kind of desires and these kinds of attachments. That's where I'm at spiritually with myself. Right? But at the same time, to not be as studying and looking forward, you know, like just like a child, like I'm going to go to law school right? uh, when I get big. I'm going to go to law school. Um, but they have, to, they have to honor what's true for them at each stage of their life in order to get to law school. In the same way as we mature and evolve through different uh, types of desires and attachments, we have to be able to embrace where we're, where we're at, the stage in, in our development where we're at. 
so that we can uh, mature in a less artificial way. I'm like totally guilty, you know? When I was little, I wanted to be older. <laughs> and in my yoga practice, you know, I, I want to be, you know, more advanced than I am. Yeah. And that's an external right, thing from, you know, for me. It's a, a challenge right? that interferes with, with right? Because then it interferes with my ability to experience contentment. Because it's it's a movement exact opposite of uh, seeking satisfaction in the self by the self. It's the exact opposite. You're looking when I'm older, I'll be, you know, when I when I can do Gunda better and Dasana, then I'll be happy. Uh, but it's okay to have desires like that. We can we can have some. Uh, ambitions just to say oh that's where I'm at it's okay and at the same time not deny the the theoretical the philosophical the 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 higher uh, way of relating to things I've seen that work with diet for myself. That I, I try not to be in denial uh, about what, what I see as healthy to do or not to do. Uh, and, but, but I don't overforce myself. I haven't in the, over the years, over the decades, I haven't overforced myself. I'm, uh, so I'm not in not neither in denial uh, of what would be healthier or that, that what I'm maybe choosing today <laughs> is not the healthiest, right? And I've seen like that I naturally my diet has evolved. Uh, now it's just stupid. My diet is stupid now because it's evolved too much. So <laughs> I don't know if that's that's a helpful example or not, but uh, or if I explain that well enough, clearly enough for you. Anyways, uh, yada yada yada. <laughs> Which one did we just do? Fifty six, I think. Yeah. Well, that one's too hard. Uh, I'll embarrass myself. I'll try to say this big word again. Dukeshu anudvignamanaha Sukeshu vigatas praha Vitaraga bayakrodaha Stita di muni uchate Dukeshu anudvignamanaha Sukeshu vigatas praha Vitaraga bayakrodaha Stita dhir mani uchate
So I'll pick up with 257 next week. Thanks for your input. Uh, we'll do closing. Thank you. Om Tat Sat Om Swasti Prajabhyaf Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahim Mahishaha Go Brahmanibhyaha Shubhamastu Nityam Lokaha samastaha sukino bhavantu Kale varshatu prajanyaha prativi sasya shalani Desho yang shobritaha brahmana santinirbhyaha Aputra putrina santu putrina santu pautrinaha Adana Sadana Santu Jeevantu Sharadam Shatam Sarvesham Swastir Babatu Sarvesham Shantir Babatu Sarvesham Purnam Babatu Sarvesham Mangalam Babatu Sarve Bhavantu Sukhinaha Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Makaschittuka Bhagavet Om Shanti 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 Om Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Mrityorma Amritangamaya Om Shanti 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 Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Amitofo Harihi Om Tatsat Krishna Panamastu Sadashiva Panamastu Brahma Panamastu